So this is kind of what Goliath looked like. Quite a good looking Goliath, don't you think? All right. <clears throat> so imagine you have to go into a fight with a guy this tall. Would it be okay? Do you guys think it would be would be a good fight? What do you think your odds would be? No? Two, one, five, ten. What do you think? What's your odds? Maybe zero. Okay, there's a couple of zeros here. So this guy, Goliath, stands in front of the Israelites and he comes out for like 40 days, if not longer, and he shouts at them and he says to them, I am coming out to you and I'm going to kill you. I'm just paraphrasing. So he's got a whole thing that he says every single day. And the Israelites are quivering in their boots and they're like, there's no way we're fighting this out. And, and so Saul promises them everything. He promises them Ferraris, big castles, you know, all these great things, you know, lots and lots of money, some seriously hot chicks to go with it. But the Oaks aren't interested. No, we're not going to go and do this. Levi, come stand here with me. I can use my son as an example for this one. Stand here next to. So this is pretty much what it looked like. All right? So, so what happens is so David's got this whole thing. He gets there. He walks around. He's like, Oaks, what's happening? So like, no, 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 we're not going. But he's like, did you guys just hear that guy, what he just said? Did you hear what he actually said about God and about God's people? And David's like, okay, cool, let's go. We'll take him on. And, he, and his brothers actually hear him, and they actually come and they're like, what are you doing? Are you stupid? Go sit down. How many of us have done that before to someone? When they stand up, we're like, just sit down. You can get yourself into trouble. Most wives do that to husbands. All right? Or other way around, where husbands just, you know? And so anyway, I can hear the laughs. Everyone's like, mm, yes, it's like that. So, so David says, I'll go find him. And so they take him off to Saul, and, and they get to Saul, and, and Saul's got a whole bunch of stuff that he wants to say to him. And I've run totally ahead of my notes. But David is determined to go and actually do this. But before I carry on with my story, you look good up there, Colin. How many of us fight, actually face our own giants? Who's got some giants that you're facing? A couple of giants. Debt. Car debt. House debt. Credit card debt. Clothing account debt. Money you borrowed from family debt. Rebellious kids. Kids that speak back to you. Rebelliousness. My son's wonderful. I love him. What about a difficult spouse? Evie and Tarin's been married only for 18 months now. 19 months? 13 months. All right? And I'm sure Evia was difficult every now and then, Tarin. I think more him than her. Or the other way around. <laughs> I'm going to go there. So... 
You can have a difficult husband or a difficult wife. You can have difficult kids. What about that not so lacquer job? Where you go every week, every Monday morning, you've got to go and work. But you know that Jesus actually gave us an incredible encouragement in the New Testament. In John 16 verse 33, he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That's wonderful, eh? In this world you will have trouble. So Jesus actually encourages us and says to us that we will have trouble. So life will have troubles. It will not be easy. It will be difficult. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And you see in my story, David represents us as believers. And for us, we're passionate, we're excited, we're full of faith in the beginning when we get saved, and we're going to, yes, we're going to go that. And tonight, after the sermon, you're going to go home and be like, yes, I'm going to do this. It's going to be all good. I'm going to face my giants. I'm going to face my horrible boss. I'm a nice boss. Hey, Renee. I'm just going to tell them how it is. I'm going to sort out that difficult co-worker. And then Monday morning arrives, all for the kids that go to school and have got to write exams. You're like, yeah, I'm going to overcome this thing. And then you get to the gate. And you're like, did I study enough? Or you get to your office and you're like, and you open the door and you can hear the boss going off at another employee. You're like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. What am I going to do? You know, even quote scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you walk in the door and it's still difficult. And then your Christian friend that works at your office looks at you. And he says, do you, do you know what they did to Susie, bro? You're next. It's going to be nasty, boys. This giant is huge. You know that Susie didn't stand a chance. That oak sorted her out. And so what happens is the enemy goes and puts that in you. And you're like, how am I going to overcome this thing? How am I going to get, how am I going to get over this? And so what we do is, instead of us actually going in the power of the Holy Spirit and facing our giants, we delay facing our giants. Thanks, Pauline. You can sit now because I think you're getting tired. Levi, you too. So every day we face giants, but we delay those giants. We try not to face them. Who's, who, who knows the word procrastination? Oh, it's the best response I've had. <laughs> and so you know you've got to do something. You know you've got to deal with that person that's offended you, but you're like, nah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just hold back a little bit. And so I want to tell you a little story. There was this man, the one day he took his son to the doctor. Got into the doctor and he said to the doctor, doctor, we've got a problem. And he's like, what is it? No, we need to actually get the key out of my son's stomach because he swallowed it. So the doctor's like, so when did this happen? Now about three months ago. And he's like, why did you wait three months? 
He says, no, it's because yesterday we lost the spare key. That's us as people. We procrastinate and we, we're like, no, no, we're not going to deal with this thing because it's uncomfortable. The second thing that we as people do is we have this head in the sand mentality. Or who, who remembers little kiddies when you were little for the, the guys that were a little bit more younger now? Whenever there was something that scared you, you closed your eyes and you thought, if I don't see you, you won't see me. We've done it. Some of us still do it. And we're like, let me know when it's all over. And you see what happens is David goes and he's got to get into that battle. And you see, sometimes people want to give us their armor and say, this is how I've overcome my thing. Now use what I did. And, and try and see if you can beat your, your actual enemy. But people can't give you their armor. They can give you the tools to make your own armor. Because I cannot wear someone else's armor. Nolan's armor is not going to fit my armor. Kim's is definitely not going to fit me. I've tried it once. I had a shirt and I put the shirt on and I realized, no, not going to happen. There's a bit more muscle here. And in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 14, it says that the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know that God has called us to fight with weapons that's not normal. We can fight with weapons that we don't need to have a sword in our hand. And you see, if we try and use other people's things, if we go and get a self-help book on positive thinking, for instance, and yes, positive thinking in a sense is good, but there is people that take it to an absolute extreme where it's like you constantly, it's all positive, all positive. And we take it to that where it becomes so much everything in us that we actually forget that Jesus fights our battles. And you see other people's things actually just become cumbersome and heavy on us because we try and fight a battle with something that we're not called to carry. And what happens is when we try and do other things that other people do, the Holy Spirit can no longer flow through us. And Elenique had a word last week about wineskins. And God wants us to be new wineskins. Because the Holy Spirit can't flow and be put in old wineskins. What would happen to an old wineskin if you put new wine into it? It would explode. Evia would know. And so would Annie. Annie doesn't know. But Annie can form, so it's okay. <laughs> I thought if you're a farmer, you know everything, okay, about farming. So it depends what kind of farming. But because new wine, when you put it in there, it ferments. It's a process. And the thing is, that wine skin's got to have space to expand, to move, to be able to allow the actual grapes to ferment and to become wine. 
and the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us as people. But if we are wearing someone else's armor that we've put on, something that people have put on us, and we try all these self-help books to try and get us there, the Holy Spirit's not going to flow through us because we've actually encumbered ourselves. You see, David had lots and lots of practice. The Bible says that David was so skilled with his little sling. And it wasn't it wasn't a kitty that he used. I could relatively aim well with a kitty. Now this was a sling. So okay, this is gonna look dodge. So I can use my belt, it's the best example. So what they used to do is it used to look something like this. And at the bottom, there was a little piece of leather where they used to put their stone in. And what they would do is, is they, just hold it, otherwise I might smack someone. So what they would do is, is they would swing this thing, or maybe that way around, I don't know. So, But they would swing this, and then they would let the one side go, and the rock would actually come out. And the Bible says that they were so skilled that they could aim at a hair. Not a hair running, a hair and not miss. And not just one hand, both hands. That's how well they were actually trained. That's how well David was trained. Imagine when you do looking after sheep, you haven't got much to do. So you just aim at stuff with your sling. And you practice and you practice and you practice to become skilled at what God called you to do. And so you see David, while he was practicing, he defeated the lion and the bear. Because he knew what weapons God had given him. And you see there's a little bit of a story later. where On the same field where David defeated Goliath, because he did defeat him. And I'll carry on now about the five stones. And when he defeated him, a couple of years later, David's mighty men were on the same battlefield. And there was another guy by the name of Eliezer, who was one of David's mighty men. And the Bible says that he knew his sword so well that the rest of the Israelites were running away. He's like, where are you going? We're just going to have fun. And he took his sword and the Bible says that he defeated so many Philistines that his, sword, his hand actually welded to his sword. It got so stiff that they had to actually kind of like open his fingers to try and get the sword out. And you know what happened? The, the Israelite army only returned to actually come and pick up the dead and to get whatever they could from the dead. Because he defeated the enemy. And you see what happens is the enemy comes to whatever you've battled with before and he will come and he will try and get you in that same space. Because the devil never comes with new things. So for instance, if you struggled with putting your hand in the cookie jar or the fudge jar for that matter. So let's say Matthew struggles with taking cookies or fudge from the fudge jar. The thing is, 
We can help Matthew deal with that thing by stopping to have the fudge. But the enemy will one day come and say, Matthew, you know that that fudge is really nice, bro. Why do you need to pay Colin 10 bucks for a piece of fudge? You can just put it in your pocket. No one's going to see. And Matthew's got to go and fight that battle again by saying, no, I will pay Colin the 10 bucks for the fudge because that's Colin's income. That's what Colin does for a job. So I will not rob from him. You see, the devil always comes back with a thing that you've just overcome. He'll come and he'll bring it in a different angle because he wants to defeat you. You see, David didn't use a sword or armor to defeat Goliath. He actually used what he got trained with. And David went to a little stream, and he went and he picked up five little stones. Why do you think he picked up five stones? Any any answers? In case he misses, that's what everyone thinks. That's exactly that. So David picked up five stones because there was five giants that needed to be killed. David didn't pick up five stones because if he missed, David knew he wasn't going to miss. Because his aim was true and straight. And so I want to speak about those five small stones that God has given us. And the first little stone that David had, and what we have, is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is incredible, powerful. It's so powerful. It's the name above all names. It's the name of all authority. It says that God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2 verse 9 to 11. One day every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Who's ever been really, really scared? Who's ever had dreams where it feels like something's squeezing your throat? And you're lying there and you're like, I can't breathe. And you're lying there and you're like, Jesus, Jesus. And suddenly it releases. Because the name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus can bring freedom. We're saved through the name of Jesus. In Acts 4 verse 12 it says, For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which... We must be saved. You can't be saved through Allah. You can't be saved by Confucius because he's confused as well. You can't be saved through anything else. There is no way to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. We become sons of God by believing in his name. John 1 1 verse 12. We're forgiven through the name of Jesus. Acts 2.38 Jesus is present among us when we gather in his name. Matthew 18 verse 20 You know that demons flee at the name of Jesus? 
And that's going to be something that's going to be a part of our lives. In, Ma- in Mark 16 verse 17 it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. Who's driven out a demon before? Anyone? A couple of us. It's quite scary. First time I did it, I wanted to send them to the pigs, but there was no pigs. So they didn't go anywhere. So you learn. But the Bible says that we've been given that authority in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name brings healing. It says, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16 verse 18. Our second stone is the word of God. It's the Bible. The word of God is a weapon. Jesus used the word of God when battling Satan for 40 40 days when he was fasting. It's necessary that we commit the word to memory because it is the sword of the Spirit. In Ephesians 6, it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. How well do we know our Bibles? Can you quote scriptures? Or do you like, uh, you know that verse over there, that one? Do you know that one? It's a great verse, that one. That, that one over there. Do you know where, what I'm talking about? No, you don't know what I'm talking about. But when we use the scriptures, we start to understand it. Because the Bible contains the ultimate power of the universe. God's rules of being blessed or even lacking. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Whom of us has ever sat and one person has walked up to you and he gave you a scripture and you're like, wow. It's almost like, it's almost like a, like a club. You know that AAK? You get this attitude adjustment club. Oh, you guys look so serious. And sometimes God has to give us an AAK through the word of God. You see that the word is alive. And in Greek, it's actually, it means zoe, which means alive, active, moving, and actually accomplishing things. They're living words. The Bible is alive. You can read a book and it's like, oh, it's a wonderful novel. I've really enjoyed it. And it's like, okay, it's done now. But you can pick up the Bible and you can read something which, where you're going through something today. Like Ivia says, one of his staff members resigned. His boss was having a really tough week. So he knows what's coming tomorrow. But Ivia, tomorrow in his quiet time, he can open the word of God. He can read and the Bible says to him, Jesus says, have peace in me because you will have trouble. Life will be hard. And he can suddenly be like, wow, this is what God's done. And it comes and it jumps out of you and it becomes alive. You guys with me still? It's mighty in its influence. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. 
And like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. Jeremiah 23, 29. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. Only the word has the power to save and to transform you. The Bible is written. It's the most accurate book that has ever been written. People try and disprove it, and then they actually get saved because it proves that it's true. It's the most accurate history. The third stone is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift that God has given us to overcome the enemy and to overcome difficulties. Because firstly, He indwells us. He gives us a new nature. His presence confirms God's reality to us. The Bible says to us that Peter had a revelation because it was revealed to him by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was the Son of God. It says that only by the power of the Holy Spirit can someone say that Jesus is the Christ because the Holy Spirit works in us. He opens our minds and helps us to understand God's word. He convicts us of our sin. He comforts us when we go through difficult times. It feels like I'm screaming at everyone. He reveals Christ. And he works to transform us from being sinners into saints. He gives us power to make good choices and to obey God's commands and the leaders that he's put on us and over us. He gives us revelation so that we can witness to those around us. Because, for instance, if I wanted to sell you a car, like I love, I've got my Kia. I love my Kia. I think Ford is terrible. I think Toyota, Henny will agree, Toyota's not great. Okay, well, Henny's got other opinions about Toyotas, so we won't go there. But if I wanted to sell you a Kia, I've got to tell you how wonderful that car is. We won't talk about a Jeep. That's just a bad thing. But one of the selling points that I can sell that Kia to you is that that thing gives me 16 and a half Ks to a liter on fuel, fully loaded. That's brilliant. Which other car can give you that? A Bucky gives you maybe, if you're lucky, 7 Ks to a liter, if that much. My Jeep, my Jeep that I had gave me three. So don't buy a Jeep. Buy a Kia because it's light on fuel. But I've got to be confident in something that I believe in. I've got to understand that this thing works. If someone's going to sell you life insurance, by the way, shoulders, life insurance, and policies, and anything like that, so if you want to make sure you're okay, just speak to him. All right? But Shoal needs to believe that what he sells you as a life policy is actually good. Because if he doesn't believe it, he can't sell it to you. Jandre does fixing things. But he needs to fix things properly, otherwise he's not going to get work. Because he sells himself by the work that he does. And you've got to believe in your product just as much as we need to believe in Jesus to be able to tell people about him. 
And people need to see Jesus in us. Because that's, that's what makes us who we are. And Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Do you know that the Holy Spirit comes on you when you witness to people? When you share with people about Jesus? When you start sharing your testimony tonight, Jackie shared her testimony just of, of a little bit of what God has done in her. You know what? It invited in the power of the Holy Spirit because it's here. Because God did something in Jackie. He deposited something in her. And so God wants to deposit something in us. The Holy Spirit guides us like a compass. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is our compass. It guides us. He guides us into what God has called us to and where he's taking us. He jump starts us like a defibrillator. It's quite a confusing word. Like jumper cables. He brings it to life. John 6, 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Holy Spirit brings life to us. And it regenerates us in our spiritual beings. Titus 3, 5. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 10, 27. Because we need the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us for. And then we have the fourth stone, which is the blood of Christ. The fact that Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And the blood is the ultimate stain remover. Wherever there is death, the blood of Jesus brings life. Wherever these darkness, it brings light. It's a cleansing wave that wipes out the power of darkness, rendering them weak and ineffectual. Just as matter and antimatter are opposites, sin and blood are opposites. Because the blood of Jesus cancels the sin that we carry. Because you know what happens is when every time when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees the blood of his son over you. Because if he had to look at us, each one of us, he'd be like, gone. All you see is a little pile of dust. But because of his son, because of the price that his son paid for you and for me, he sees us. As sons and daughters. You know that. And it's, it's like a bit of a, an old school thing. Is that. The blood of Jesus is like a force field. I remember years ago. My mom used to plead the blood over everything. Like. Over the car. Over us. 
It's a miracle she didn't have any blood because it was just being red everywhere. But in the Old Testament, if you look in Egypt, the Bible says that they took the blood of the lamb and they put it over the doorposts and the angel of death actually passed over. So the blood, pleading the blood of Jesus over you when you drive, when, you know, we're all going to be walking around like this every day. It works. Because we ask the Lord to protect us by his blood. And the blood enables us to overcome Satan. And it says in Revelations 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And my last stone is prayer. Our final weapon is prayer. Paul said in Romans 5, 15-13, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. That's the only thing we need to strive for, is to pray together in unity. Because praying together, when you pray together, you stay together. When husbands and wives pray together, God does things. When ladies pray, God does things. You know that the biggest revivals that ever happened in the world happened because little old ladies were praying. It's interesting that old ladies are little. <laughs> I'm, I'm trading on dangerous ground. But you know why they're little is because they're bending over praying for you and for me. And guys, we've got some seriously awesome people here in this congregation that pray. Pray. On Fridays, I have to confess, I'm not the greatest at remembering the Friday prayer. But there are certain guys that are there every single week. Yes, my wife put a reminder on my phone to say, pray, wake up. But these guys that never miss a prayer meeting. I don't think from the time Colin and Marion don't have an option, they've got to be there. But I don't think Linda's ever missed a prayer meeting on a Friday morning. She gets there and she prays for us as a church. Philip has been there almost every, every time, praying. He's not a little old lady, he's an older gentleman. But Philip is faithful in praying. Because you see, all the people know the value of what it means to pray. Because they've got knowledge, because they've seen the battles that has been won by prayer. And for us, if we pray, God moves. Because we strive together. Together. You know, prayer is a wrestling match. It's not a lazy type of thing where you just chill out and you're just like, oh Lord, just do something for me today. Prayer is when we actually go and we're like, Lord, I need you. I'm going through a tough time. Lord, it feels like I want to kill my wife. It feels like I want to kill my husband. Lord, I want to kick the dog. I want to blow up the cat. 
Lord, help me. Pray. And the Greek word for prayer is actually, I'm going to try and say this, agoni zomai, which means it's the root word for agonize. And Jesus actually agonized when he was praying. Because he was like, Lord, if this cup can be moved away from me, you do it. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And you know, sometimes God will not take you out of a difficult situation. But he's going to take you through it. Because he wants to teach you. He wants to train you. He wants to build your character. Because something that you're going through, someone else has not gone through. And my, one of the guys once asked me, they said to me, why do I go through difficult times? Why can't it just be easy? And the thing is, is God takes you through a difficult time so that you can help someone else who's a, a little bit further behind on the journey of where you are. Because they might get to that spot and not know how to get through it. But God's taken you through it so that you can help them get through it. And wars don't always get won overnight. They can take days. They can take months. They can even take years. And we shouldn't be surprised if our battles are not won in a day. Because it's going to take prayer. We're going to have to go for it and trust the Lord to get through it. And the Lord has given us weapons, each one of us. The weapons that I have is not the same as the weapons that God gave my wife. Evia's weapons is not the same as Philip's. Nolan's is definitely not the same as Jondra's. But God has given you weapons, and we've got to learn to use them. Like David learned how to use his sling. Like Eliezer learned how to use his sword and to wield it. And sometimes God will even use a donkey's bone, a donkey jaw, when we don't have any weapons. But are we willing for God to do what he needs to do in us? Are we available to say, Lord, even though the giant is there and he's big and we're small, and it looks massive. And we're like, oh Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Are we willing to say, Lord, even though I will trust you. I want to be skilled in your word. I want to be skilled in my prayer life. I want to know the name of Jesus. Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit in to come and live in me, to live upon me, so that I can do what you've called me to do. And I want us to close our eyes. And there's many of us tonight, I know, we... You've had lots of battles to fight. 
you've had giants that you faced and you felt like you failed. There's many times where you have failed because the giant looked you in the eyes and you were like, I can't do this. You threw your one stone and you missed. But tonight, we serve an incredible God. And the greatest thing is that we know that when we have to fight our battles, we run to our God and we're like, Lord, I cannot fight this battle on my own. But Lord, you can fight it with me. And you will always win. And so tonight, I want to encourage you, if you're in that place tonight where you like, Lord, I've, I've tried to win the battle over sin in my life, and I failed. Lord, I've, I've lost the battle in treating my wife the way that I need to. Doing my job the way that I need to do it. The Lord wants us to be able to come and to respond to Him and say, Lord, come. Come and help me, Lord. Come and help me overcome the things that I battle with every day. And most times we cannot overcome these things on our own. But we need people to pray for us so we can overcome together. Because we were never called to, be, to try and do this alone. And tonight if you're in that place and you're like, Lord, I failed. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's difficult. I want you to come to the front and we want to pray for you. Because prayer is powerful. Many, many years ago, my mom got diagnosed with a thing called yuppie flu. And this thing made her so incredibly tired that she couldn't get up out of bed. She would go and wash one dish and she would have to go and sleep for 10 minutes. And for years it carried on. And for two years, every Sunday at church, she got up and she asked for prayer. And one Sunday, God set her free. And tonight, if you're in that place and you're saying, Lord, I need to overcome my battles. Lord, my mind, I'm struggling with thoughts. I'm struggling with things. And it just feels like I can't win. We want to pray for you tonight. I want to open up the floor so you can come and respond. And we want to pray that God would set you free. Father, tonight we want to pray for each of these guys and girls standing in the front here tonight. Father, we pray that you would come. And Father, that you would pour out your spirit upon them. Lord, as David looked and the Israelites looked at their giants and it was like, they looked so big, they looked so like impossible to beat. But Father, you came and you did something incredible through a young guy that was available who used the weapons that you gave him. And so Father, as we know that the battle is not against the flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities against the powers, Lord, that is up there, Lord, that is around us every day. 
And so, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would be with us. Father, I pray for each and every single person that is sitting in their chair tonight. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we go into this week, Lord, that your hand would be upon us. Lord, that we would be different, Lord, than what we were when we walked in here this evening. Father, that we would be able to conquer the things in our lives, the challenges that we face. And Father, that you would be exalted above all things in everything that we do. And we just love you for that, Lord. We love you and we worship you, Father. In Jesus' name. We're going to do one song together. And it's, it's, I think it's a fast one. Did you write that one? Yes, Tareen wrote the song. Yeah. So uh, I want us to stand and it's, it's a bit of a celebration song. The fact that we've been able to overcome the power of the evil one. And so we're going to do it together. And uh, I want to invite you guys quickly to come to the front one more time. And we're going to sing this together. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, so we lift our hands and praise your name. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, so we lift our hands and praise your name, cause you're wonderful, you are powerful, you are glorious, and may all praise your name, cause you're wonderful, you are powerful, you are glorious, and may all praise your holy name. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, so we lift our hands and praise your name. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, so we lift our hands and praise your name, cause you're wonderful, you are powerful, you are glorious, and may all praise your name, cause you're wonderful, you are powerful, you are glorious. And we'll praise your holy name. And we'll praise your holy name. And we'll praise your name. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. So we lift our hands and praise your name. You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. So we lift our hands and praise your name cause you're wonderful you are powerful you are glorious and we'll praise your name cause you're wonderful you are powerful you are glorious and we'll praise your holy name and we'll praise your holy name and may all praise your holy name. Guys, have a wonderful week. God bless. Stay for coffee. Don't rush off. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>